Good morning, everyone. I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all grandmothers, mothers, spiritual mothers, mothers-to-be. And I just want to honor women in general today because this is our special day set aside. And I can't think of a greater calling than motherhood, but I also can't think of a harder one. Am I right? Right. But it's so rewarding. And I also just want to speak comfort to those who may be going through something with their mothers or aren't on good terms or... Maybe they've passed away. I just speak comfort to you this day. Father, I just pray right now, and I just thank you for this message, Lord. It's not my message, it's yours. And I just pray right now that you remove Brooke completely out of the way and just let your anointing rest upon me and speak, Lord. I thank you for your multifaceted voice, and I thank you for speaking to each one in the way that they need today. In Jesus' name, have your way. Amen. So my message today is about women of faith, or the Hebrew word emuna. Has anyone ever heard of the name or the word emuna before? I want to specifically talk briefly about four women from the past to hopefully encourage you by their stories today. Now this is for men and women, but I'm really targeting us women today, okay? So if you'd like to go to 1 Corinthians 1, 27 through 28, we're going to start right there. But God has selected for his purpose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, revealing their ignorance. And God has selected for his purpose the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong, revealing their frailty. Verse 28, God has selected for his purpose the insignificant, base things of the world and the things that are despised and treated with contempt even the things that are nothing, so that he might reduce to nothing the things that are. And I began to think, why does God choose this way? It's because he always does the opposite of what the world does. The world chooses the best, the best looking, the first, the wise in their own eyes, but that's not how God always chooses. And I'm not saying God can't use those people because he gives you those talents, he gives you those gifts. But what I've really noticed, the ones God really, really uses are the despised ones, the insignificant ones, the ones that feel forgotten. It's so that he can get all the glory. And what does it even say about Jesus? It said he had no comeliness that we should desire him. That's how God often chooses. So the first person, this is going to be a little bit different of a sermon than I'm used to doing, but this is what the Holy Spirit put on my heart. The first person I'd like to talk about today is Joan of Arc. And I've shortened their stories greatly, so if you want to look further into their stories, you have that option. But I'm just trying to be mindful of time today for you. So Joan of Arc. How many has heard of Joan of Arc? She was so unlikely yet chosen. And I just want to give a little background and history of the time that she came on the scene. So France and England were fighting many battles. It's called the 100-Year War. And there was territory at stake. France was under English control and France wanted the territory back, and England, of course, wanted to keep it. So it's nation fighting against nation. And also, there was a dispute about who would be heir to the French throne. So there was much turmoil, okay, going on in the nations. But there was a French prophecy that said the kingdom would be brought to ruin by a woman, but restored by the daughter of the people. And this is where Joan of Arc comes in. She was born in 1412, and she was the youngest 
in a big family of five children. And as I was studying this, it said that she never even really learned to read or write. But she had such a devotion to God, even from a young age, it said she would just pray for hours and hours and hours. And at age 13, she had heavenly visitations from the cloud of witnesses. How many knows the people in the cloud of witnesses aren't dead? They're more alive than we are. And so she had, um, you know, she witnessed angels. She had the cloud of witnesses coming to her and speaking to her. And um, as she began to grow older, the visions became stronger, and she started to see horses running in battle and men and soldiers in her visions. And her call was growing strong, and she felt to go to Charles, the one who should really be king and fight for this. She felt to fight for him to be king. Now, can you imagine? I'm just sitting here studying about her. This is a teenage girl. She has no military experience. She couldn't read or write. A young woman in the midst of an army of men. That's unlikely, and that's how you know it's God, especially in that time period. Can you imagine it? And this is God choosing the base things to make the wise look foolish. To make a long story short, she finally got there to battle, and God literally gave her the battle plans. And I was reading about this. I began to think, oh, my word, how she had to have such a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit to be able to hear clearly the battle plans and what he was saying to her, these war plans. She couldn't read all these grown soldiers around her, surrounding this young girl, hearing what the plan was. Eventually, they moved into Orleans in 1429, and they had the great victory, and Charles was crowned king. The kingdom, like the prophecy said, was restored by a daughter of the people, but more importantly, a daughter of the king of kings and the lord of lords. Now, unfortunately, Joan was captured and betrayed, and she was condemned falsely. They claimed that she was a heretic. They, some even accused her of being a witch. And I just see the story of Jesus in this so much. He was betrayed, right? They were jealous of him. They were jealous of Joan. They brought about accusations that were false. And um, forgive me for being a little bit graphic if there's children, but in May of 1431, she was executed at the stake by burning and they would often strangle the victim just to kind of put them out of some of the misery. But Joan was fully aware of the flames engulfing her. But you know what she did? She kept calling out his name. She kept calling out the name Jesus, Jesus, as the flames engulfed around her. She was forgiving those that were putting her to death. What, who does that sound like? And it is even said that her physical heart never burned. Her physical heart never burned. They couldn't touch that heart of hers, this ordinary, illiterate girl. She loved God so much, and her heart was fully given to him. That's called sold out. And I believe that's why her heart didn't burn. Joan had courage. She faced her deepest fears. And the Lord said, go, she went. She had such intimacy that she trusted him with her very life and instructions for battle. I want to tell you something today. If you're really going to follow God, it's going to cost you something. And it may cost you much. It may cost you everything. Many say, I'm too young. I have my whole life ahead of me. But this is a teen we're talking about. Many say, I'm too old. Well, so is Sarah, and she birthed a nation. God can use you right where you are. You're the perfect age to say, yes, Lord. I'm available. Here's my heart, Lord. Come and walk with me. 
as I walk with you. The next woman I wanted to talk about is Sojourner Truth. Who's heard of Sojourner? Her birth name was actually Isabella, and she was born in 1797 to a family of slaves in New York. And as I was studying about her, it said by the time she was in her 20s, she had belonged to five different masters, five different masters. Can you imagine? In 1824, a law had passed that slavery would be abolished in New York, and she and her husband would be free on July 4th, 1827. Uh, Belle was a very hard worker. Her slave owner was very impressed with her, so he said, I'm going to let you go sooner. I'm going to let you go sooner. But the harvest didn't go as well as planned, and so he said, ah, I can't do that now. I'm sorry. And so Belle decided to break free. I don't blame her. I would have done the same exact thing. Now, she promised God, she said, if you let me be free, I will pray to you. I will remember you. But she forgot God once she got free. How many have done that? How many times have we made promises to God, and then we put him on the back burner? I know I've done that before. But there was coming a day when she was going to visit her previous owner, John Dumont. He invited her over to his farm, and that she had this experience. And I'm, bear with me, I can only say this in her words, and it's fine if you laugh at my impression of Sojourner. <laughs> but she said, well, just as I was going out to get into the wagon, I met God. And says I, oh God, I didn't know as you were so great. And I turned right around and come into the house and sat down in my room, for twas tis was God all around me. I could feel it burning, burning, burning all around me and going through me, and I saw I was so wicked, it seemed as if I would burn up. And I said, oh, somebody, somebody, stand between God and me, for it burns me. Then, honey, when I said so, I felt it was something that umbrella, umbrella, that came between me and the light, and I felt it was somebody, somebody that stood between me and God, and it felt cool like a shade, and says I, who this stands between me and God? I begun to feel towards somebody that loved me, and I tried to know him, and finally something spoke out in me and said, this is Jesus. And I spoke out with all my might, and I said, this is Jesus, glory be to God. And then the whole world grew bright, and the trees, they waved and waved in glory on every little bit of stone on the ground shone like glass. And I shouted and said, praise, praise, praise to the Lord. And I began to feel such a love in my soul as I never felt before, love to all creation. And then all of a sudden, stopped, and I said, there's the white folk that have abused you and beat you and abused your people. Think of them. But then there came another rush of love through my soul, and I cried out, Lord, Lord, I can love even the white folks. I just walked around and around in a dream. Jesus loved me. I knowed it. I felt it. He was my Jesus. <sighs> Praise God. That was her profound experience with Jesus and deep forgiveness. Can you imagine what she had to forgive? But when Jesus comes, he changes everything. He changed her forever. That's what he does. And she began to be convicted to preach more in her church and wherever she could. And she became this evangelist and this activist. And uh, where the name Sojourner came from was Psalms 39:12. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear unto my cry, for I am a sojourner, as all my fathers were. 
And the last name truth came from John 8:32. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Sojourner truth. And as she began to travel all around, she focused on God's love and the evils of slavery. And do you know that one of those speeches was right here? Not here, but in Akron, Ohio, only a few hours away. And nobody was expecting her presence there, okay? And she kept real quiet on the first day, but the second day she had something to say. And so all these men ministers were saying, you know, uh, men have greater rights because they're more intelligent than women. Um, you know, Eve sinned, so women have a lower status. Women are weaker. They were saying all these things. And I'm just thinking about this in those days. You probably could have heard a dime drop. The room got so silent. And Sojourner, she wasn't asked, but she went up there and she said, If the first woman God ever made was strong enough to turn the world upside down all alone, these women together ought to be able to turn it back and get it right side up again. And now Dee is asking to do it. The men better let them. If one world, one woman turned the world upside down, imagine what we can all do, a spirit-filled women here. Isn't that awesome? And I thought about what qualities did she possess. She was an African-American female, a former slave. Do you understand how the odds were greatly against her? She was also illiterate, yet she was so wise. She had the wisdom of God. It didn't keep her from spreading the gospel and awareness of issues of the day. She was courageous in a time when women were really put down. She drew crowds of many people, even white people, the educated, everyone. And she forgave those who treated her so wrongly. Because of her experience with Jesus, she became another sold-out woman of God, a woman of Amuna, a woman of faith, a woman who forgave. Exodus 4.10, if you'd like to go there. And Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent. Neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant, I am slow of speech and tongue. Moses said, I can't go. I can't speak plain. I'm not eloquent. But God's reply was, who made man's mouth? I made man's mouth. Sojourner was illiterate. Joan was illiterate. Yet when they heard the voice of the Holy Spirit, they went. He said, go, and they went. What is our excuse? Because I know I've made excuses. Have you made excuses? The third woman I'd like to talk about is Esther from the Bible. And you all know this story. And this was another very perilous time in history. Esther was a young woman of Amuna. So King Ahasuerus' first wife wouldn't comply. And so he sought out a new wife. That's just the way it was. King Vashti really embarrassed the king. And so a group of young virgins were chosen to prepare and come before the king, and Esther was in that group. Now, she kept her ethnicity of being a Jew a secret. Do you know how long they prepared? Twelve months bathing in oils, getting ready for one night with the king. Ladies, God wants to smear us with the oil of the Holy Spirit. And what does it say in the New Testament? Remember the virgins? There were many who were wise and five who were foolish. They didn't have oil in their lamps, and they said, you know, let us have your oil, let us have your oil. But no, you have to go to the secret place for yourself to get the precious oil. You have to buy this costly oil yourself. So Esther prepared herself to come before the king, 
and she caught the king's eye. She had favor on her life, and he chose her to become the new queen. So I want you to know that under the king, there was a person named Haman who worked under him, and he made a decree that all Jews be annihilated, destroyed. And see, I'm imagining this, and I'm looking forward into the future, and I'm thinking about how Jesus was going to come through this lineage. So no wonder he was trying to work on Haman's heart to get rid of all of the all of the Jews in Persia because he knew the promise would come through this lineage. And so the decree was made and Esther's cousin Mordecai said to her in Esther 4.14, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. For such a time as this, you've been born. God knew you before the foundations of the world. There's a saying Joyce Meyer likes to say, and she said, do it afraid. Do it afraid. The fear might still be there. It still might be trying to confront you, but step out anyways. God's saying, step out anyways. And Esther had a choice to make. It was her choice. It could literally cost her her life, because I don't know if you knew or not, but you can't just come before a king. He has to hold out a scepter to you. <clears throat> and if it didn't, <clears throat> excuse me. If it didn't go well, you could be killed. But Esther decided to go forward with it, and she finally explained that she was Jewish and how Haman made this decree against her people. And we know that because of Esther's bravery and not being selfish with her own life that the decree was done away with and Haman was hanged on the gallows that he had prepared. And I just like to think of Esther's quality as I was studying about her. She was a woman who came before the king and the people. She was a queen. She was royal. Esther was a fasting woman. She had her whole nation fast and pray. Esther was a woman of bravery and selflessness. A woman who stepped out in the face of her and people's lives being potentially taken. But the risk was worth it all because Esther impacted generations and generations and generations to come. See, this isn't just about you. This is about your children and your children's children and all those around you and generations to come. We're still talking about Esther today because it's his story. It's history, but it's his story. Lastly, I want to talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And she was another girl chosen for, I believe, the greatest assignment. And she was just going about her life, engaged to handsome Joseph and loving God and learning the scriptures. And from the outside, she was just as ordinary as anybody could be. But then one day, the angel Gabriel came to her. And he said, you will bear the Son of God. You will birth the Savior into the world. It was just her Father and Holy Spirit. Not a man involved, not a man touched her. A surrendered woman of God. She said, yes. She, but she wondered. She said, how could this thing be? But she stepped out in total amuna and trust the words of the angel Gabriel. And she said, be it unto me as you have said. And I just always try to put myself in other shoes. And I think, what would I have been thinking if this happened to me? What would I have been thinking? She risked her reputation. She risked possibly her relationship with Joseph. And she could even be punished severely. But she said yes and birthed the Savior into the earth. 
The risk of stepping out in faith was beyond worth it, and her character <clears throat> was pure, selfless, innocent, willing, and strong. She had to see the death of her innocent son. All of these women I talked about today are women of faith. They're women of Amuna. They're heroines. And there's so many more in history and, and in the Bible that I can mention, mention, but these are just a few. They were ordinary, illiterate. Maybe they had questions or fears. And I keep saying Amuna, and that's the Hebrew word that means faith, faithfulness, loyalty, trustworthiness with what he's given you. It also means steadfastness. The quality of being resolutely or dutifully firm and unwavering. Do you know God is 100% firm and unwavering? And he wants our return, faithfulness, and unwavering trust and obedience. But I know that's easier said than done, right? And I just believe that faith, love, obedience all go hand in hand. But why should I trust God? Why? Well, he's given us some reasons. He has empathy. He has compassion on us. He has all power. He is trustworthy, and he understands our frame. He became one of us. We have these pillars to stand on as to why we can trust God. And, and I like to think about my previous experiences with God. David did that. He said, I killed the lion. I killed the bear. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? You have to think about what God's previously done He's stable. He's steadfast. He doesn't change. And he wants us to get into that place where we're steadfast and immovable too. All of these women, they face major odds in their life being taken. And I wonder, can we have a Muna in a situation like that? Can we be steadfast when it's not going our way? Because sometimes we're going to be on the mountaintop. Sometimes we're going to be in the valley, right? Can we push through the odds and have a Muna? Do you know that a pastor in Canada was taken by sheriffs this week? just for preaching the gospel, because they wanted them to shut the church, church down because of COVID? Can we still have a Muna and faith in a situation like that? And I just want to give a quick little testimony. This week, um, pain started surging through my body again. It got so bad in my feet, I could barely walk. The sciatica was flaring up, and it was going into my hips, and uh, even my elbow and ribs hurt. I could barely breathe, and I just thought, I'm going to have to lay here all day and I don't know how I'm going to speak. I don't know how I'm going to dance. It's going to take a miracle. But 1 Peter 1, 7 says, So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes through, though it is tested by fire, may be found a result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I thought about the paralytic at the pool of Bethesda. He lay there for years. Or the woman with the issue of blood. What are you doing in your waiting period? Are you speaking the word of God? Are you proclaiming it over your life? Because the just shall live by faith. And so God's just teaching me through this. I'm not saying this is his perfect will. He's a healer, and I know that. And I don't know why he's making me wait, but he's, he's fortifying me. He's strengthening me. He's strengthening my inner man. And I'm clinging to his garment, and I'm clinging to Amuna. I have faith. Trust, trust, trust. He's saying, be steadfast, be steadfast, be steadfast, no matter what it looks like, because I know that's his character, and I know he's going to come through for me. And I press on because nothing can separate me from the love of God, not demons, not angels, not you, not you. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Thank you, Jesus. No sickness, no trial, 
no disease, not being in jail, not being put to death. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. And I don't know about you, but I want to be known as a woman of Amuna. I want to be known as a woman of faith. I want to be known as a woman who listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit whispering in my ear, go to Africa, go to Texas, go across the street, give her a word. That's the kind of woman of God that I want to be. And I just want you to know that belief isn't just ethereal, although it can be. Belief takes action. We act upon what we believe in. And his voice is saying to you today, come follow me, drop it all. I'm reaching out my hand. I'm reaching out my hand and saying simply, come. I want to work through you. I want to work through you. It could be homeschooling your kids like I am right now. You could be called to be a nurse, a cop like my sister, um, in the military like my other sister. Maybe you're called to minister. Whatever you're called to do, do it for his glory. He can use you right there for the people around you. These women changed history, and I want to tell you something. We're different than men, and I think that's the beauty of it. I think that's the beauty of it. We are not less than. We're just different. And I just wanted to encourage you today by these stories. Um, I have two other women I want you to hear about on a video, but I'm going to pray over those online first, and then we're going to watch that because there are two more powerful women I want you to hear about. So, Father, I just thank you right now for those women watching online. I thank you for this Mother's Day. Lord, I bless these women, Father God. I just pray that they will just rise up in you, Lord, and become all that you've called them to be, Lord God. I pray that they would become lionesses of God, roaring your truth, God, in their families, in their workplaces, wherever you send them to, Father God. May they hear the Holy Spirit's call. And may they know you in an intimate place like never before, Lord. May we be women that have oil filled in our lamps and the oil of the Holy Spirit smeared all over us, Father God, so that people can smell the fragrance of Jesus all around us. I just thank you for these women right now. I pray, Father, your comfort over the ones who need comforted. We just bless them. Wrap your arms around them, Holy Spirit, on this day that may be hard for some. And Lord, bless people as they get together and as they share, Lord, the children and the mothers, Father God, I just thank you, Lord, that so much love is going to be between them, Father God, and that the children will just honor their mothers and fathers, and, and they will rise up and they will call their mothers blessed on this precious Mother's Day. We just praise you and we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.